Hello and welcome to the 4 Comic Junkies Podcast. When the comics aren't enough and you need a little extra fix. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, this uh, this podcast has been so much fun over the past uh, year, almost a year now. Uh, over a thousand listens as of this recording, so I'm very, very excited. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, <clears throat> and as always, you know, feedback is always welcome. You can follow me, uh, 4 Comic Junkies, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you have any suggestions for an episode, want, some, want to leave some feedback, you know, or uh, even if you want to be a guest, you know, you can send me an email at 4comicjunkies at gmail.com. Today's going to be a good one, folks. I am talking with uh, my new friend, Mohammed, who lives in Cairo, Egypt. So the scheduling of this was a little difficult. There's a six-hour time difference. Uh, but we made it work. Um, he's, a, he's a huge JSA fan. Uh, his Twitter handle uh, is, you know, the JSA-er on, on Twitter. And, you know, he's, he's a really cool guy. He was very excited, very passionate about, uh, about talking all things JSA. And this being Flash Month, you know, we're, uh, we're digging into Jay Garrick and how cool it was to see John Wesley Ship as Jay Garrick and... What the future of the JSA is going to be on uh, DC on film on in DC Comics, you know we're uh, we're both big fans. Him definitely more than me, but, uh, but yeah, it's exciting. It's a good it's a good time to be a DC fan. All right, folks, let's get into the episode. All right, so we are celebrating. 80 years of The Flash and Green Lantern, and what we really mean when we say that is we're celebrating 80 years of Jay Garrick and Alan Scott, of course most people think of, um, you know, Barry Allen or Wally West or Hal Jordan or whoever the heck else they think of, um, you know, there's, you know, dozens of Green Lanterns to choose from, uh, but today we're going to get into Jay Garrick and Alan Scott and the rest of the JSA, and my guest today is Mohammed from uh, from Twitter, uh, resident JSA expert. How you doing, Mohammed? Hey, man. Thanks a lot for having me. I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate that you specified that it's Alan Scott and Jay Garrick's 80th anniversary, not Barry and Hal, because that's what DC is kind of like trying to pretend to be with like releasing, uh, with like, anniversary tweets or whatever like celebrating 80 years of the flash and it's barry but no it's jay like, yeah it's, it's jay's anniversary so thank you for uh clearing that up and that that does uh that does bother me a little bit uh and i thought the same thing when they said it was robin's 80th anniversary i'm like well we're really saying it's dick grayson's 80th anniversary um i get it's this mantle that gets passed on but you know, and I mean, we still, you know, it's it's still fun. You know, I I like Barry, I like Hal, um, but uh, I do have a soft spot for for the original guys, uh, for Jay and and Alan. Um, really, uh, really fantastic characters, and I'm glad that they've stood the test of time. That those characters in particular have stood the test of time, not just the mantles of Flash and Green Lantern. Yeah, exactly, and I think that um, when you really look at it. Flash and Green Lantern were kind of like a revelation in, in comics back then. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you think about like flight, super speed, uh, maybe not super speed, but uh, flight, super strength, you know, it's all kind or guys who can just fight like Batman or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was kind of like the, the, the standard back then. Yeah. And Flash, I guess with super speed, it's a little bit basic but then they got really creative with how he used it yeah but green lantern especially like no one could have thought back then of like the power of creating const uh, constructs with willpower and stuff like that it was really really creative and imaginative uh, of the time yeah yeah for sure um re- really unique uh characterizations you know where you have someone who's super strong and can fly like wonder woman or superman or just a regular guy like Batman. It's like these guys were regular guys, but then they had cool, interesting powers to um, to show off and you know and cement their place in in comic book history. Really, true, true. And 
uh, you said that they stood the test of time. Of course, they did not just as characters, but as as ideas, really, as like the 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 kind of set the um, the bar of 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 super speed. Then we saw like Jay uh, as a character, he evolved, but also the idea of his super speed evolved with other characters in both DC and Marvel. Mm-hmm. We saw the idea of Green Lantern expand so far beyond what they had originally intended right. throughout these other legacy characters. So it's really just uh, a trend, trendsetters, really. Yeah, uh, yeah, totally. And and the, excuse me, the JSA was a big part of that, um, being the first, um, the first uh, superhero team um, mm-hmm. in comic books, which, you know, everybody likes to, point to the justice league or to you know even like the fantastic four or whatever it's like now if you really like do your do your homework do your history the jsa you know they had their honor i remember seeing this they had their honorary members of superman and batman but they were like never in the books because they were doing their own stuff but you had the jsa which had yeah you're not good enough to do with it <laughs> right? uh but you had but you had the jsa so you had flash and green lantern you had the atom uh the specter dr fate um, Hawkman, uh, you know, so really, um, really unique and interesting characters that you weren't really getting anywhere else but in the JSA. True, and I think what was really, um, as you said, unique about about the JSA is not just that uh, it was a superhero team because that was probably an idea that was going to eventually happen mm-hmm. uh, regardless of the, the, the characters or, or team or whatever. Mm-hmm. But what really makes it special is that every single character kind of brings something new to the table. He's, you got Dr. Pete, he's got the map, got the specter, kind of more of like the supernatural side. Yeah. You've got the science element with Flash and Starman um you got the 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 brawler you know the raw and human side with wildcat mm-hmm. uh you got kind of like the history and and uh, archaic vibe uh warrior vibe with hawkman and hoggirl mm-hmm. you really have so many genres kind of mixing together that it really made something special i i totally agree um so you're a so you're you're pretty young. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I'm 21 next Tuesday. Oh wow. Okay. Well, first of all, happy happy early birthday. Uh, but uh, so you're but you're. It's interesting to me you being such a young guy being attracted to the JSA, which is known for having kind of the older superheroes. What what attracted you to those characters? Well, you know, it actually started out as as interest in the individual characters alone. Okay. Um, like Doctor Fate and Hawkman were the big ones. I was like obsessed. Maybe because of uh, I'm from Egypt, and maybe because of like the Egypt elements mm-hmm. of Doctor Fate and Hawkman. So I was really into that and trying to see kind of how they have translated the mythology and 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 the lore behind it. So. The problem was uh, Dr. Fate especially didn't have a lot uh, in terms of his own like standalone stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was kind of forced to read JSA just to read uh, like Dr. Fate and Hawkman and, and Sandman and all of those like individual characters. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I got to it, it was like it was like a whole new thing because most superhero teams are kind of similar you have the justice league you have the avengers you have the teen titans they all kind of operate on the same spectrum mm-hmm. but i i felt something different with the jsa i felt like kind of like a different vibe you know like like if you watch a modern bond movie you know one of like the daniel craig ones they're really good but if you watch born if you watch mission impossible you're kind of in the same ballpark but yeah. when you go back and watch something like North by Northwest or even the old like Sean Connery Bond movies, you get like this different, different vibe, different taste from like the, the, the crowd. And I think that's what really drew me to the JSA. 
That's a that's a really interesting way to put it, and it's and it's true too, because I think that especially when they did Casino Royale was very much made in a post Jason Bourne world. So it's like exactly. people are going to watch these movies differently. But but if you watch, and I used to love the the Sean Connery ones when I was younger. I haven't watched them in a long time, but they there is a very different feel for that. Um, and uh, and I and I definitely agree with you. That that that's a really great way to put it. That the JSA does have that. Uh, different feel for it especially when you have all these characters just with varying power levels very different from you know avengers or or uh justice league where they're they're all fairly similar even if their powers are different but with the justice society you're getting you know it any which way from you know the specter who is the wrath of god to you know um al pratt who's just you know (laughs) just a little brawler you know which is cool <laughs> yeah I, I and that that's a really great point i love how if you really actually look at it the jsa are like extremely overpowered yeah like you have like specter and dr fate alone they can probably just defeat any kind of major cosmic threat that lurks in the dc multiverse but <laughs> because they are so powerful and then you still have like kind of like the discrepancy with the, the power levels with adam and wildcat and sandman uh it made for a really interesting dynamic mm-hmm. uh that using these pretty much gods like people say the justice league are gods you know you get when you get like the specter and dr fate and and johnny thunder's thunderbolt no these are actual gods yeah and these are <laughs> literal gods yeah so when you take these guys and just have them fight Nazis, mm-hmm. it's so absurd, but it makes it so, so special and so nice that it's not just... The JSA don't just go up against uh, Darkseid or the Anti-Monitor just all the time. Right. Uh, it's fun having such a diverse group of characters uh, power-wise and mm-hmm. still grounding them in a kind of smaller world, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's exciting, you know, for us as fans, uh, I'm sure more exciting for you cause you're a much bigger JSA fan than I am, but seeing uh star girl, uh, and then seeing the, the black Adam tease from DC fandom where it's like, it's like, Oh, finally the JSA are getting their due. Um, and that, that is really exciting to me as, as a fan. I'm, I'm sure it's very exciting to you as well. Oh, absolutely. Uh, star girl is, is- Star Wars is pretty much like everything that I could have wanted as a JSA fan mm-hmm. because it gives you like every single era of the JSA. You get like the old stuff and you know the new legacy characters. Yeah. And it brings them together so wonderfully. And and then the Black Adam stuff for sure is going to be just like absolutely insane. We're gonna see like Hawkman and Doctor Fate and Adam Smasher and Cyclone just go full like I, I'm not expecting like deep dives into the characters mm-hmm. but i'm just expecting like absolute balls to the walls crazy action and powers that it's 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 i guess it's what i want when you put it next to stargirl because stargirl gives you like these kind of more human uh elements and moments of the jsa mm-hmm. so when you take like uh, a rock movie that's just going to give you all of the, the biggest JSA action you can imagine. So it's a really nice balance between between both. It's it's it couldn't be a better time to be a JSA fan. You got Stargirl, you got Black Adam, you got uh, a new JSA animated movie coming out next week. You've got them back in comics. Yeah, it's, it's the best time. Um, did you ever read the the Earth Two comics that were do- they did during the New Fifty Two? Yeah, and I wasn't a big fan, but did have some really interesting. They had some really interesting takes on the characters, mm-hmm. uh, especially characters like uh, Sand, uh, Sand Hawkins, and um, uh, Mr. Terrific, Gary yeah. Sloan. Yeah, yeah. But I felt that they were missing that element of of the the history aspect of the JSA mm-hmm. because once you put the JSA in modern times as starting out in modern times they just become the justice league they become the justice league with different names so that's that 
that's why it was it was fun it was enjoyable i really liked the whole like uh kind of destruction of earth 2 impending doom vibe that it had but it was missing the essence of the jsa in my opinion I definitely agree with you there, and and obviously uh, I think Jeff Johns agreed with that sentiment when they launched you know DC Rebirth and then him eventually doing Doomsday Clock. He was like that the legacy of these heroes that means something, and I loved that Star Girl embraced that that it was like the, these heroes have a legacy, and we need to live up to that legacy. That to me was like okay, that's that's the core of the Justice Society to me. Those are the comics I was reading. Um, and that's what got me excited for watching the show going, okay, like, I mean, obviously it was just John's doing it, so he knew what he was doing, but it's like, oh, they, they're, they're nailing it. This is, this is great. And luckily we got treated to some really great uh, performances in that, in that show as well with uh, Breck Basinger and Luke Wilson. I thought they were great as, uh, as stars and stripes there. Absolutely. Uh, Pat Dugan, is such a good character in that show. Mm-hmm. Luke Wilson plays him perfectly, and Breck is just, she's Stargirl. Like I can't even imagine like a different Stargirl anymore. It's, it's yeah, such a good performances. It, the show made me the show made me cry like like two or three times, uh, <laughs> which is something that is probably rare in in superhero uh, shows and movies to make you cry. But yeah, it, it really did. Uh, uh, but let me ask you, how did you get into the JSA uh, in comics or in general? Um, it definitely started with comics. Um, just um, like right, right now I live in Erie, PA, and i uh, near all my friends and family uh, or some of my family. But uh, there was a period of time where I lived in North Carolina, and I and it's like you know, moving there, I, I had a hard time making friends, and it was tough because I worked a lot. So I just started, you know, buying more comic books, um, and then I got I became a huge fan of Jeff Johns when I started following different writers and different artists on different books, and I was like, well, what else has Jeff Johns done? And then it's like, oh, there's Justice Society of America, and I was like, well, that sounds interesting, you know. I'd seen some stuff here and there, and I knew who like Jay Garrick and Alan Scott was, um, but yeah, I, I I started getting those books. Um, and I was just like, man, these are like really, really great, really exciting stories, um, especially one of my favorites being um, Thy Kingdom Come, which was, you know, the sequel, the somewhat sequel to uh, Kingdom Come and and really just falling in love with with those stories and those characters and um, and then kind of going back and watching like Justice League Unlimited, where they had different uh Justice Society members on there every now and then and I was like oh I, it, it never clicked with me that these were Justice Society people um, it's like, so this is so I'm watching this episode in a whole new way and the the big one for me I, I was a huge huge Smallville fan when uh, they had the Justice Society on a couple episodes of Smallville I was just like alright like I, I am here for this this is exciting you know this was it was a lot of fun to watch those oh yeah you just brought up like the the best kind of uh, entrance ways into the JSA with uh, Jeff Johns at JSA mm-hmm. and I absolutely agree about like Kingdom Come it's such a good story such a good story uh, and it's like that could have been an, a big DC wide event and yeah. to see it as just kind of like a, a an arc in in, um, in his run was incredible yeah, Smallville. That was actually, I think, I think actually seeing some, like the JSA on Smallville might have been like one of my first times even seeing the JSA. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because I wasn't watching it at the time, but uh, I did notice that Doctor Fate was in an episode. Mm-hmm. I was checking out uh, like Fate on Smallville, and I saw like this appeared in two episodes called the Just uh, Absolute Justice. Yeah. And I was watching, I was seeing like the Justice Society of America. I was like, wow, this is really cool. But I knew them as an idea, but I never really, had never really like experienced the JSA. It was Smallville and uh, Batman, the Brave and the Bold, which had some really great JSA stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, 
I remember watching those too, and and that was after I'd become a big fan of the JSA, and I was just like, I was like, oh, this is so exciting having this, you know, and and Batman being very much like these are the people I looked up to, especially um, mm-hmm. especially Wildcat, who I I remember feeling I I felt I guess just. Uh, like nothing really towards the character either to like I didn't like him but I also didn't hate him so I just didn't have any feelings towards him and then some of those episodes mixed in with you know he had a couple appearances on um, Justice Society or excuse me uh, Justice League Unlimited um, and I was just like man like this character is so cool because that's all he is is just a boxer and he can and he can hold his own with anybody and I think that's really awesome um, especially in there's certain continuities like the the new Injustice Year Zero where it's like, no, he, he helped train Batman. I'm like, that's cool. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Like having Wildcat train Batman, there was a really great moment in JSA, uh, uh, JLA, Virtue and Vice. And there's mm-hmm. kind of like a, a, a fight between the JSA and the JLA. Yeah, and Batman like he's always confident in his abilities. Of course, he's fighting Wildcat because that's like that's the only one of them he can realistically fight. Yeah. So uh, Wildcat just kind of like spins his cape around his head and 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 uh, knocks him away. And he's like, like there's a few things I I haven't taught you, kid. And that was like <laughs> such a cool moment. Yeah. Uh, of course, Batman beats him later because it's Batman, but it was still like a really cool moment just to see wildcat kind of having uh, more experience than him yeah and yeah. actually you bring up a really good point of, of the jsa kind of inspiring superheroes uh because uh, post-crisis that was like the thing like the jsa canonically came first so we saw characters like superman especially and, and batman always being like inspired superman was like a big uh, green lantern fan and mm-hmm. It was like so cool to see like our like the big guys like the Trinity looking up to other smaller characters. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. And it and and there and that says a lot about the 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 writing that went into that. You know that if if you can believe that these characters are looking up to them, then we as the audience we're going to look up to them and we're going to listen when they talk. Um, yeah. And that and that and that aspect of it was really cool. And you know, it's funny. I see a lot of people. I think you and I have even. I've, I've definitely tweeted it. Um, you know, lately everybody's like, you know, bring Henry Cavill back as Superman. There's the hashtag Henry Cavill Superman. And absolutely no disrespect to Henry Cavill, who I think is great as Superman. But I think a lot about DC fandom from a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, you know, as much as I would love to see Henry Cavill as Superman again, I can't get over the fact that. Here, there's a Suicide Squad movie coming out where 95% of the cast, I've never heard of any of those characters. <laughs> and then <laughs> yes. and then there's Black Adam uh, that is introducing the JSA. And I'm like, that's – I'm more excited for th- for those things almost more than I am for the Batman, although I'm, the Batman's definitely top for me. But, like, right next to that is Black Adam because it's like I fell head over heels in love with – uh, like Jeff Johns' run during JSA with with Black Adam, and then uh, then there was Fifty Two, and then Pete Tomasi did a Black Adam, the uh, miniseries uh, that yes. that was really great. And it's like if if this movie is anything like any of those comics, we're in for a treat, and I'm very excited. Exactly, and that just goes to show how good writing can completely flip. Uh, the tables mm-hmm. um, that seeing kind of more people excited for Suicide Squad or, or JSA more than like Superman or, or Batman uh, that was like that's that just goes to show that it's not about it's not always about popularity it's, it's more about like the effort actually put into um, the work itself mm-hmm. and we've seen how kind of smaller or obscure characters can like launch entire like even the mcu kind of with iron man iron man wasn't like the big guy at marvel it was always like captain america spider-man fantastic four and the x-men right but then you take iron man you start an entire universe you take 
green arrow uh, on like the the arrowverse and you start a whole universe mm-hmm. so uh, i think that's becoming more and more uh apparent with the jsa that people are kind of starting to notice like oh who are these guys they're kind of cool yeah or, like maybe even like at warner brothers they're like well maybe we're not gonna use the justice league for a bit so let's let's take these guys so it's a really nice it's a really nice opportunity for for them. I I yeah a hundred percent and it's and it's exciting when um, you know I was rewatching uh, the the Flash recently the the newer TV show um, and I'll I'll never forget when the show was announced I had a friend that was like like John Wesley Ship better play Jay Garrick on that show and I was like oh they cast him as his dad so I don't think they're gonna do that. And then when they announced, oh, Teddy Sears is playing Jay Garrick, I was like, oh, that's a bummer. He's such a young guy. Like, Jay should be older. I was like, ah, but whatever. Yeah. But then as the show went on, it's like, oh, it turns out it was John Wesley's ship, you know? Um, <laughs> I I was blown away by that. And I'll never forget watching that. And like I said, I rewatched it the other night. And my, you know, my jaw was just on the floor going, that's perfect. I they They found a way to have their cake and eat it too. And I love that. Absolutely. You just described my entire thought process of watching season two uh, of, and season one when they announced John as, as Henry Allen. Mm-hmm. And because it's like you couldn't not do it. It was too perfect to waste. Yeah. And as soon as they brought it, as soon as he, spoilers for like the Flash season three was like four years ago or whatever. <laughs> uh, when like when, when they brought up a guy in the iron mask, I was like, he's gonna be the real jay and it's gonna actually ship and that's like that's like utopia that's like the perfect world yeah and i thought they couldn't possibly do that because it was too perfect yeah and they actually did it and it was it was mind-blowing it uh, yeah it's like probably one of my top uh moments watching any of the DC shows especially with uh, the another moment that's also really uh, on point is when Legends of Tomorrow brought out I, uh, Our Man, and he was like, "Hey, I'm a member of the JSA." Yeah, that's, that's when I lost. Yeah, I yeah I remember that, and just and just being so like like oh my god, like they're gonna bring the JSA in, and then you know they brought in certain members uh, in during uh, season two at the beginning of season two, um, and I just. I was a little bummed with how they treated those characters, how like they got displaced through time, and you know, so I was like, I was like, ah, like I, I was like, I get what they're doing with the story, and I like season two of Legends, but I was like, I miss all those characters together, though. That that that's what makes them special, you know. I mean, that was like the whole point when they first meet the Legends, they 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 kick all their butts because like they're this well-oiled team, and you know, the Legends are just a bunch of screw-ups, you know. <laughs> Uh, exactly, and while I didn't love the the Arrowverse version of the JSA, mm-hmm. it, it was like the, the 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 core was still there. Like there was enough in it to, for me to kind of be like, okay, at the time, like we were getting nothing. Like there were the JSA weren't even in comics, right? Uh, because it was like uh, back, it was even like before Rebirth, uh, 2015, and there was nothing there weren't going to be in any movies or any uh, shows or animation whatever so i you could take you have to take what you can get you know you got our man at least and uh dr midnight and commander steel and these and these guys and it was it was cool enough at the time uh but now it's like a whole new level yeah yeah and and, and i think that back then it was people like Mark Guggenheim and Greg Berlanti, and they're huge comic book fans. So they, you know, and and those are characters that they didn't have as much restrictions on. It's like, well, you can't really use, at the time, they could barely use Superman. Um, They they couldn't use Batman at all. So it's like, or Wonder Woman. So it's like, well, who can we use? It's like, well, we can use the JSA because, you know, the movie people aren't going to care about if we use them. So we'll, we'll put them in these episodes. Um, and, you know, I'm sure it was the same way when they did uh, Absolute Justice on Smallville. And it was like, like well, you know, like you said, like, we, we'll take what we can get because it's like, well, yeah, these are characters that we want to see. It's like, and it's great having a new Superman movie. It's great having a new Batman movie. But, man, like, these characters, they're just as good and they're not getting their fair shake. That's true. That's true. And 
uh, we've seen how uh, even in comics uh, teams and and kind of, and like certain properties at, at DC now just absolutely skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the Suicide Squad, like who would have ever thought that the Suicide Squad is probably now like the second most popular team in DC after the Justice League. They're getting <laughs> games, they're getting movies, they're getting yeah. comics, they're, they're getting everything. Um, for a while, I guess it was uh, the Teen Titans back in like when the when the animated show was going on in the 2000s, they were very popular. Not anymore because, uh, God forbid, we have a decent uh, Titans show. Uh, <laughs> and so when you get like the Suicide Squad as like the big DC team now, well, why can't that be the JSA? Why can't that be uh, the Justice League Dark is creeping up on them? Like I'm sure the J- the JLD is gonna get like a very big push uh, very soon, and it's great. It's great seeing uh, properties that weren't explored much kind of just boost up to the the the, the big boys table. Right. Uh, and I think they they definitely deserve that. And seeing and I think uh, it's it's kind of the, the quote unquote safe way to do it through a Black Adam movie starring Dwayne Johnson, because it's like, well, there's there's your moneymaker right there. It's Dwayne Johnson. He's already got a built in fan base. They're going to go see his movie. And then, well, we can introduce these other characters. So then people are going to go see that movie and then be like, oh, well, now I'm interested in these characters. I hope they get a movie. And then hopefully, you know, if all goes well, they'll spin off into their own film or their own franchise. Um, and I think that that's, that's – it's like, okay, if that's what you're going to do, that's the way to do it. You know, and I, I'm very excited about that. I think there was probably similar thinking with Wonder Woman being introduced in Batman vs. Superman because it's like, well, we can put Wonder Woman in here and that will launch her into the stratosphere. Um and she'll get her shot, and then, you know, and then her movie ended up being more popular than, you know, the other movies they were making at the time, the Batman vs. Superman and, and Justice League. <laughs> exactly, and uh, what's great about Black Adam is that there's an organic uh, way to do it, because you already have the Hawkman-Black Adam dynamic. Yeah. They're very uh, closely tied together, so... When, once you throw Hawkman in there, it's not like it's not like uh, it's coming out of left field. Like it, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, maybe with with like Batman vs Superman, uh, a lot of people felt that the Justice League stuff was a bit kind of forced in. Like it didn't come naturally in because it didn't really fit the the story. Right. But with Black Adam, it, when you bring in Hawkman, oh, he's like my immortal best frenemy from thousands of years ago yeah it makes sense and hawkman of course he can't fight black adam alone so he has to bring his 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 posse with him to <laughs> give him a hand right so it, it, it just makes sense and once you you use them in that context then it's like oh well these guys are cool black adam's probably gonna kick all of their asses because it's the rock and he's not gonna let anyone beat him in his own movie but well sure <laughs> gonna be like well these guys lost but they're kind of cool enough. We want to see more of them. Yeah, I I think uh, I think there'll be some sort of common enemy that brings them together at some point too. Um, but because I I remember when they announced that Black Adam wasn't going to be in the Shazam movie, that they, he was going to get his own movie. My first thought was like, what? That's such a terrible idea. They should just they should do both of them now, and then you know, and then split them off. But then. Um, the more I heard about it and even uh, seeing the Shazam movie, I was like, okay, like I'm glad they didn't bring Black Adam in this. He wouldn't have fit in this movie. This movie's great the way it is. Um, and then that panel at DC Fandom, I was like, I was like, I was an idiot forever thinking otherwise. This looks incredible. <laughs> um, so, Absolutely, so, and it makes sense. Uh, yeah. I think Black Adam is... Yeah, no, you go ahead. No, uh, uh, yeah. no, no, you go ahead uh, about Black Adam. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say that Black Adam is one of those characters that you can kind of use in a standalone story, whether it's like a movie or a comic or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then you can kind of weave him into other stories. Yeah. Other villains don't always like have that potential, but yeah. Black Adam for sure. 
Right. Yeah. Um, I think he. Uh, I, I I think he can carry he can carry his own movie, um, but I think putting the JSA in there is a great tease for uh, the wider DC universe, uh, which can feel very small with just you know with just Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. But it's like you know you, you go to the comic book store. There's you know there's dozens of titles and. You know, a lot of them do say Batman on them, but <laughs> there's uh, but there's so many exciting characters, and I, and I loved uh, like uh, um, did you read uh, Doomsday Clock? Oh yeah, yeah. So when they finally got back to that, where it was like we're gonna re, you know, Doctor Manhattan helps remake the universe, and the JSA came back, I was just cheering. I was like, yes, I've been waiting for this. I'm so excited right now. <laughs> 100% I, I yeah. almost cried at that like big splash uh, splash page because like they were bad like it felt like such a, a core part uh, of DC was missing and even yeah. Jeff John seemed to agree that without the JSA something is wrong like the, the, the DC universe is darker and it was such like a, a beautiful sentiment to, to the JSA that yeah really just cements their their role in the DC universe as kind of like those there's something that I always love about the JSA and people kind of tend to relate that to Superman Mm -hmm. but when you really think about it back then in the 1940s when the JSA started the idea of superheroes was non-existent even people thought they were completely uh, in um in great uh, history of the DC universe by Len uh, Wayne, it had uh, like these uh, really really good uh, first three issues that when people were reacting to the JSA, they were like, "That's that's just like illusions and 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 stunts and publicity and like that doesn't exist. Like there were no superheroes. There would be like if we witnessed superheroes now in the real world." So mm-hmm. when when they take that uh, first step, when someone puts on like silly outfits, and or when the Sandman puts on a gas mask or a suit in the burning uh, heat and goes out to fight crime, then it's it's a start. It's like they ignited that that spark that uh, paved the way for the idea of the superhero to continue on in DC. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh and I, I love that um that you know it's it's like people in the know obviously with that are big DC fans, especially when they become like writers of DC, um that they recognize that history of it. Like I loved uh in Scott Snyder's Justice League run that he had them team up with the Justice Society. Um and I was just like I was like, this is so exciting seeing these characters. And, and even though at the time, the way they were doing it, you know, the, the Justice League didn't recognize them. So it was kind of like a, you know, a, the, that old comic where it's like, this is the team on Earth 2 and we're on Earth 1. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a little bit like that. But it was still exciting going, oh, OK, so like this is, you know, this is his version of, of that kind of story. And it's really great. It's really fun reading this and thinking like, you know, this this has got to be the start of something, right? And, of course, you know, we did get uh, Justice, uh, or we got Doomsday Clock, which brought them back permanently. And um, it's all just, I mean, it, it, there was a great groundwork laid there for these for these really great characters that I think th- that we were missing for a long time. It's like when, when the New 52 happened, there was a lot that I liked about it, but there was also a lot where I was like, Man, we're just we're we're missing out on some of this legacy here. And as much as I love some origin stories, I I I love the idea of you know having that history there that can inspire the origin stories. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, that's a really wonderful point, uh, legacy, because that's the JSA's whole thing. Yeah. Uh, once you kind of trace back. The, the uh, origins of, of the DC characters, like you'll find a way back to the JSA. Like we mentioned Flash and Green Lantern 
and they kind of go back to Alan Scott and and Jay Garrick. Yeah. And when you don't have like for example when you don't have Jay Garrick, you take out uh, the elements of Barry Allen being a comic book uh, geek like all of us yeah. who just <laughs> likes reading Jay Garrick, so he decides to become like him. Right. Once you take out Jay Garrick, that whole part of Barry's character is gone. Uh, when you take Alan Scott and the whole like Starheart thing, that's like very now it's very ingrained into the Green Lantern mythos. Mm-hmm. Once you take him out, you have to pretty much reintroduce the whole thing over again. So it's pointless. Yeah. Uh, it's just like there's the, like even Hawkman. Like even Hawkman is he is his own legacy character because he (laughs) reincarnates so much right he learns from the past and then he evolves so when you start out with a hawkman that didn't have that jsa element you get you get savage hawkman in the new 52 which wasn't really that good yeah i i read the first couple of those i didn't care for it too much uh but uh I mean, it 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 just uh, it it didn't have the same impact, you know, versus when Jeff Johns did his Hawkman run, and it was very much based on what he was already doing with JSA, and and that informed the Hawkman character and made him much more interesting, because um, it's I mean it it uh, I mean you know the idea of like like no man is an island, right? So we all have our family and friends that that help define who we are if we don't have that we're something we're totally different people um so i and i think that the jsa more so than uh the justice league and what i uh what i one of the big takeaways i took from um uh the absolute justice and smallville was when uh star girl was talking to chloe and she says you know where, where are the pictures you know you guys don't have any frames up you don't have a place to sit down and eat she's like you know the JSA was like a family and, and I loved seeing that in, in John's books. I thought he did that really well in James Robinson when he was writing it. Um, and, uh, and even in, in Stargirl, I was like, I feel like these characters are becoming their own little weird family. And I love that. Absolutely. A fantastic uh, point about family because that is the JSA thing. And it's something that so many teams are missing that family aspect yeah uh, even batman himself said like the the justice league is a task force but the jsa is a family yeah 100 percent true mm-hmm. uh, even though it's ironic because the jsa started as a literal task force in world war ii right <laughs> but then they came together as a family yeah uh, and of course they 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 mentioned that in smallville and in uh, startle even when pat is like these guys were my friends they were family we were like living together and everything is uh like we weren't just a team yeah uh that's 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 kind of a very wholesome dynamic that i miss a lot uh, yeah. when i like i love the justice league but when i'm reading justice league i always feel like uh i always feel like there's something missing between the characters themselves mm-hmm uh i get that more in 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 like whenever they make like a batman superman book yeah because the, you kind of have like the dynamic between them is very uh, close but when you have the j the, the the jla like you feel like the characters don't connect enough yeah but when you have the jsa they they have like thanksgiving they have christmas they there's a, a spectacular issue in john's jsa i think it was jsa 55 uh, it's, it's like a whole Christmas themed issue and mm-hmm. it has absolutely wonderful character moments especially with Alan Scott and we don't get that a lot with with a lot of superhero teams so that whole family thing it's just it's it's more fun to to read it, it yeah, uh, definitely for sure because you you feel you feel a, a sense of camaraderie there that's um that you you can kind of like you're you're peeping in on some on a, a close group of friends in a you know and, and I think that's really exciting uh, and, and really great storytelling. Um, so you know we talked about Jay Garrick showing up on the Flash, um, 
I had read that a, a first draft of the Green Lantern movie was actually supposed to have Alan Scott as the president of the United States, uh, but they ended up cutting that out. And I, it's funny because wow. I, I think of, uh, and he was going to say something to how like, oh, you know, I had power like yours once or something like that. Um, and I think they just decided it was too much for the story or whatever. Um, but uh, it's it's interesting. I'm thinking about it a lot where I'm like, man, we've seen so many great JSA characters get the spotlight. Um, it's like, but you know what? Like, we've getting like nothing for Alan Scott, man. <laughs> like, where you know, where's the love for Alan Scott? That's true. That's true. And a lot of JSA characters kind of got um, their fair share uh, as kind of standalone characters. Uh, like Dr. Fate, he held his own without the JSA. The Spectre, 100%. He yep. arguably works even better without the JSA. Hawkman. <laughs> um, Jay Garrick, because of the Flash family. Because when you have, like, when he's with Wally or with Bart or with Barry... He exists in his own like bubble and succeeds there, but Alan has kind of fallen into that uh, limbo of not being connected to the Green Lanterns, not being his own standalone character. Mm -hmm. and at the same time, he like he needs the JSA to kind of be special. Yeah, and it's 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 not always a. I feel like Martian Manhunter is kind of in that same world a little bit but Martian Manhunter has of course found uh, success as a more standalone character more than Alan but yeah. I feel like if we had gotten a more um, stable connection between Alan and the Green Lantern Corps uh, like uh, back during the Kyle Rayner uh, run when he was very much kind of like a supporting character and that he's like the mentor and father figure to Kyle yeah and then they pretty much just dropped that midway uh so once you have Alan in that role it's not even just about like movies and tv like he actually needs a role in comics other than other than just being the JSA's Green Lantern yeah uh and the the close I mean the closest we've gotten there is there is a tease of him in Absolute Justice uh, but there also was, you know, the Green Lantern, you know, like the literal Green Lantern did show up in Stargirl. Yeah. And I was just like, I was like, come on, come on, where is he? Because they're like, they're not all dead. I know they're not. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I'm hoping to see more of uh, Alan Scott as as the years go on. Like, you know, Jeff Johns made a point to be like, these aren't just Easter eggs we're tossing into Stargirl. We do want to introduce all these other uh, characters and, and things. And I'm like... I know we've already seen Jay Garrick with John Wesley Shipp, who was fantastic, but I would love to get another Jay Garrick. I would love to get an Alan Scott, and I'd love to get, like, uh, uh, I, I, unfortunately, he passed away. He was the voice of him on, uh, uh, oh, gosh, uh, Batman Brave and the Bold. Arlie Ermey would be awesome as, uh, or would have been awesome as um, as uh, as Wildcat. You know, unfortunately, like I said, I think he passed away a couple years ago. Um, I mean, who can tell this year has lasted, you know, for 10 years, <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, but hopefully we'll get, we'll get to see more of those characters going forward. Um, I mean, uh, you know, Jay Garrick and Alan Scott being kind of the, the ones that I, I, th when I think of the JSA, those are the two that pop in my head. Um, but also love doing that deep dive and, and seeing characters like Hawkman, Hawkgirl and, and the Sandman and, um, Dr. Fate, of course, you know, it's just, it's like, wow. And, and this care in this roster is always growing. And I love the newer characters like Cyclone, uh, Jakeem, I think is great. And obviously star girl. Um, it's like, I love seeing these new characters and that's why I'm excited to see like Adam Smasher, uh, and his dynamic with black Adam in the new movie. Um, I mean, it's, there's a lot, there's a lot to look forward to, but there's also a lot that just hasn't even been like, hasn't even been touched on yet that's true that's true and especially with jay and alan mm -hmm. uh you brought up a good point of saying like when you think of the jsa you think of jay and alan yeah and that's true that's 100 percent true and i think i think actually alan was he was originally they wanted him to be in legends of tomorrow and they even had like concept art 
of the suit and they use like Ryan Reynolds as the mold uh, <laughs> like the face uh, on the concept art and it was like a really really weird costume but uh-huh. then I think Warner Brothers were like no we're just not, not gonna let you use him Ugh, um, of course. he was supposed to be, play like our man's role oh okay but uh, with Jay at least I think Jay is kind of getting more and more popular as time goes on. Yeah. One especially because of the show and because of like Young Justice, he was popular on that even though he had like minimal appearances. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brave and the Bold, and now that he's like 100% back in comics, even when he was gone, everyone was like, "Where's Jay Garrick? Where's Jay Garrick? Where's Jay Garrick?" Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jay has really getting in more into the spotlight which i love and alan is the same alan is the same thing they keep trying with alan mm-hmm. uh, in comics but this like i don't know it's like you need you just need something for him to do just, um i liked sentinel like i like the idea of sentinel in in like the in his crazy 90s uh, outfit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when he came back, he's like younger and edgier. And at least he was he was different enough from the other Green Lanterns to stand out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think you're right. I think if you, if you introduce the JSA, then Alan just has to be there. And I'm really, really hoping that the the lantern tease for Stargirl season two is uh, Jade, and they bring in Alan kind of like as her. Of course, he's her father. They bring in like, he, oh, he was alive this whole time, but maybe like uh, the ring doesn't work or something. Something's wrong, and but he's there, like he's actually there for Jade. And then they can like bring in Obsidian too and have like the whole family. Yeah, yeah, that that that'd be awesome. I I would love that, and that'd be a great. And that would fit in with their story of the the family that they're that they were doing all season one. Uh, so it'd be a natural extension of that. Um, hey, well, hey man, this has been uh, a a ton of fun. I'm glad, you know, there's there's uh, there's not. I feel like there's not too many of us, but when we can get together, we can have some really great JSA talks. Um, all us, uh, all us uh, hardcore DC guys. We're a cult. Yes, I love that. Uh, Well, well, thanks again for joining, man. Uh, And uh, we'll definitely, you know, uh, we'll definitely reach out again. Uh, I'd love to have you on another episode, uh, get in a little bit deeper. Um, You know, we just kind of did kind of a scratching of the surface here. Um, You know, maybe when Black Adam comes out, we'll get back together. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. You thank you very much for having me. This has been uh, wonderful. I, I I can pretty much like geek out over the JSA for hours on end uh, anytime. This has been absolutely <laughs> fantastic. If you want to like talk Stargirl, I'm there. If you want to talk JSA, if you want to talk Black Adam, it's all I'm I'm down for anything, man. Awesome, awesome. We'll definitely we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely be in touch. All right, folks. So we are signing off. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in, and remember the JSA. I don't know. They're always together or something. I was going to say something. Eh, I think I was talking about the Lost Boys. Eh, doesn't JSA matter. Assemble. We're taking that one. <laughs> we're taking that. JSA Assemble. There we go. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, we're signing off. <laughs>